help my DTC grow. Strategies and quick wins that build up 8-figure DTC brand. How segmentation and personalization would help retention for your D2C wine brand. Ramin is the co-founder and managing partner of SKU Agency, a firm that has generated millions in revenue for e-commerce clients through specialized email and SMS services. With over 25 years of experience under his belt, Ramin has worn many hats from merchant and consultant to agency owner. As a Clavio Goldmaster, Ramin hosts the e-commerce revolution video podcast, lending his expertise to businesses around the world. In this episode, you will uncover answers to these pivotal questions. What are the most effective digital marketing strategies for D2C wine brands to acquire new customers and increase sales? How can D2C wine brands leverage email marketing to improve customer retention, drive repeat purchases, and foster long-term loyalty? How can D2C wine brands use Use personalization and segmentation to better target their audience and engage their customers. And of course, I'm here to help your DTC brand grow, so I asked all my favorite questions at the end. Books to read, mistakes to avoid, quick growth tips and tools to use. Now let's get ready! Yeah, previously I worked at a B2B company which was selling uh, stuff for winemakers. Everybody said that we don't need a lot of innovation in our products. Because winemakers has just 40 years to make wines. Ah. So 40 wines <laughs> and done. So uh, they want to max out the performance when they make wines. You know, I mean, here, here they have a lot of innovation with, you know, the, the additives and the, the chemicals. But pure wine. I like clean, clean wine. That's, that's the way to go. On my father's side, we also made wine. Oh, you did? It's, it's also made wine. So <laughs> like industrialized methods and uh, citric acid and some sugar in it. So <laughs> right. it, it, it wasn't uh, real wine, but it, it was the 90s and it was... Uh, but it worked, right? Yeah, but it worked. It worked for a decent period. But afterwards, yeah, the wine cultural revolution just came. And in Hungary, we also uh, made good wine on those regions, nice. white wine. I think wine is almost made everywhere in the world. I mean, some some places get a lot more attention, right? Uh, Spain, uh, obviously Italy, you know, certain parts of the United States. Oddly enough, every state in the United States uh, makes wine. Most people think it's just California and Oregon. They think that's those are the two big. Well, they are big, but uh, they just think that's it. Yeah, and and in, in Hungary also, as I know, there is fourteen wine regions oh wow that's a just from hungary that's a lot yeah different soil different volcanic uh, stuff different matters and different microclimate it, it was a problem for them to how to market these regions or should i marketing just the regions or just certain type of wines or everybody would be on their own but so, some of the regions said that okay the wine region have to stick together and marketing ourselves as a region, but others said that, okay, there are some certain types of wine and we, we need to market like this. Very interesting. Well, I, yeah. Yeah. Originally, I think the wine industry is a D2C market because you have to find your customers. Yes. A hundred percent. You have to reach out for them. Especially in small regions when they don't have the retail distribution that some of the big wineries have, they have to rely on, you know, on the internet. They have to rely on, and here, you know, in the United States, it's complicated because there are all these rules and regulations, old laws from back in the, uh, you know, in the early 1900s that are still used to this day that protect the distributors of wine instead of the makers of wine. So the laws have gotten better for wine, but not for like liquor. To sell liquor on, on the internet is complicated too. Very complicated. But 
It's okay. You know, they make it work. I also heard that in, in 2005, there was a D2C regulation liftoff. So it, it was easier. And and maybe it, it connected with e-commerce. Yes, I think so. Maybe winemakers also thought that, oh, how could I be better on the internet? Maybe Gary Vaynerchuk also. Right, yes. The king, the king of online wine uh, before he became the king of online social media. After Gary Vaynerchuk uh, laid the foundation of uh, online wi- wine selling, uh, what do you think? What are the most effective uh, digital marketing strategies for a D2C wine brand to acquire new customers and increase sales? In small regions, especially in, in uh, smaller producing regions, uh, you know, DTC becomes so, so important, right? Uh, companies are having to go finding their customers online, uh, you know, forms of advertising. Social media seems to be, you know, one of the strongest, uh, you know, forms of uh, driving. SEO still remains very strong. Uh, you know, really, you know, I really think at the end of the day is understanding the buyer persona. You know, what, who, who is this buyer that is coming to you? And if you can, you know, hone in on some of these marketing, these top of the funnel search engine optimization, uh, paid ads in some situations, social media, you know, in a big way. Also people coming to the winery, right? Stopping by the winery and, and, you know, going into the tasting room, that becomes an effective way to, you know, capture that person. But, you know, what we focus on is, is email, uh, email marketing, because, you know, once they're there, once they've shown up to the top of the funnel, to the, you know, homepage of the site or specific product pages, or even into the tasting room, we want to make sure that we can capture that email because then that becomes the next part of the journey is to nurture them. If they've never tried your wine before, uh, that's a huge, huge part of, you know, helping them understand, you know, the history, you know, a lot of people like to know about the history, you know, uh, you know, the, the grandfather that came from Italy to the United States and to Napa Valley and, you know, planted such amazing stories that I've heard out there time and time again. But at the end of the day, the stories are great. The stories are important, but they are not the most, you know, they are not the whole picture, right? Uh, you have to nurture them to try the wine. We have to uh, incentivize them sometimes to try the wine. Uh, ultimately, the club, getting them into the club, uh, the wine club, it becomes one of the most important elements. You know, what we're seeing a lot out there, you know, data-wise in the United States is that the, the club, you know, there's a lot of people uh, churning, churning, they're leaving the clubs. Um, so that's, again, where email marketing comes in. You know, once you've done all this work to bring them to the site or bring them into the winery, then having that mechanism in place that you can continuously talk to them, communicate with them. And that's where something like email marketing works well. Gets them into the cart, right? Once they're in the cart, and then, you know, we can, you know, we can work wonders there too, because we know that cart abandonment rate just across the entire e-commerce landscape is so high that it's no different for the world of, uh, of wine. And we want to make sure they convert. But once they convert, this is the interesting thing. I actually was speaking to when we did our podcast, we interviewed a gentleman from Clavio who's in charge of uh, the, the wine side of, of things and kind of working to help bring more wine brands on into the world of Clavio. Uh, he specifically, he actually gave me a great story. He said, hey, I was just in Napa with his wife and Clavio is in Massachusetts. So he flew for the weekend to Napa. They sat down and he and his wife went to a number of different uh, wineries. They tasted wine and he bought bottle you know, at several different wineries. He left, went back home to Massachusetts, never heard anything from these wineries. They didn't send him any emails. And he left his email address. He literally, purposely, because he works at Clavia, he wanted to see, 
also what would happen and nobody emailed them. And that is a missed opportunity, right? That is, you know, that is the wire and that's automation. You know, that is something we build into a win back campaign or a replenishment campaign in terms of an automation side of things. And you don't have to work that hard at that. That just automatically goes out. So I think there's a lot of incredible opportunity. The, the wine industry, again, in the United States, they're embracing now all of these direct consumer methodologies that are very prevalent in the rest of e-commerce. And what I like is, you know, we bring, you know, uh, at, at SKU Agency, we used to do design and development just on the Shopify side of things before we entered into the world of email and SMS marketing for general e-commerce brands and then eventually into the, the wine industry. So we bring that knowledge in there. Uh, a lot of these things that some of them have never tried before. Some of them have never tried these tactics. So that was a long answer to your short question. But, uh, you know, it is exciting to see uh, wineries embracing these new strategies. Yeah, and, and they need to apply hybrid strategies. So capture them in the wine cellar, in the clubs. And as I know, if somebody tastes the wine and it tastes really good, maybe they stick to it. Right. Why would you not want to get it again? Right? You want to buy it again if you love it so much. Yeah, yeah. Again and again. The second term of COVID was sponsored by Pinot Noir for me. So, <laughs> Well, it's interesting you bring that up. I mean, that was the... You know, wine obviously has been sold online for, you know, quite a while now. And this is very prevalent, you know, here in the United States. Uh, but COVID and what we went through, the lockdown, and especially in the California uh, area, they really learned the value of direct consumer because tasting rooms were all closed, right? Now, all of a sudden, they're coming to their site, purchasing off of their site. And they saw it. It's like, wow. This is what can be done. And, you know, now they want to continue that, right? They want that to continue. But at the same time, they also want people to come into the tasting room. There's still, you know, there's a wonderful experience to walk into a winery, a beautiful, beautiful winery where there's an amazing tasting room and everybody's friendly and you get to, you know, smell and sip. I mean, it's a wonderful experience. I love it very much. Uh, we're here in Austin, Texas, and Austin, Texas has a very, it's a strong, it's a growing wine uh, region. And it's just fun. It's, a, it's like a fun Saturday, right? You go and see these different wineries and try different things here. So, but marketing is essential. You have to market. You have to. What do you think? How could, how could the DTC wine brands could leverage this email marketing strategies or improve customer retention and drive the repeat purchases or, or foster long-term uh, loyalty. What we're finding as, you know, as we meet and talk to these uh, various wineries, a lot of them are utilizing older strategies, uh, email marketing strategies. You know, they have very big lists. A lot of them have very, very big lists, but they are just simply have always just blasted the list, right? They hit the whole list with every promotion, you know, all the time. And the engagements are very low on these. So what we come in, you know, when we come in there, you know, we look at that and we say, well, the opportunities are and how you can leverage email, what we, what we like to call advanced email marketing is, you know, building out the automations warming up the list, right? Maybe if you have 30,000 people on your list, maybe, and the engagement rate is very low, then you need to potentially sunset some of these people. Maybe these people joined your list because you ran a, you know, you ran so many promotions and they wanted the free this and the free that, and they just kept coming and, and getting on. But now maybe is the opportunity to reevaluate the list and segment, then that becomes an important 
really important strategies. You have to segment this list. Uh, you know, these are the club people. These are the people who like to buy Pinot. These are the people who love all the reds that we that we sell. Let's put them in these various segments and let's not blast when we do campaigns, let's not blast lists anymore. Let's go after a very targeted approach, a very strategic and targeted approach. But just simply introducing segmentation, automation, a welcome flow, abandoned cart flow, a win back, a replenishment, a club flow. Some of these tactics, you know, have immediate results. We see immediate results when we're working with wineries, but uh, they may have been using older tactics in email marketing, but what they're, what they're seeing is what's happening out there in the world of e-commerce, and they want that too. They want that for their brands, and that's very encouraging for us when we uh, talk to wineries. What do you think? Would they apply subscription uh, strategies also, so subscription uh, stuff for, for their e-commerce brand? Yes. So it's interesting. So, you know, club is, is primarily where they, they like to focus, and, and club Is, you know, it has some nuances that are, you know, different, but subscription is coming into play. Uh, platforms like Commerce 7 that we, you know, we partner with, with uh, platforms that those are the e-commerce platforms out there, this, uh, such as Commerce 7. They have, they have both club, wine club, and they have subscription and subscription is a great thing. It works really well with a younger audience, right? Club you know, tends to be, you know, the more mature wine drinkers are very accustomed to going to club, but subscription is a very millennial uh, approach. This is what millennials have grown up on, on the internet, right? They've seen all these big direct consumer brands offer subscription services. So when they see their favorite winery doing it, this is a phenomenal thing and they love it. So yes, this is an absolute great. And by the way, let's also remember that, uh, you know, we can bake uh, email marketing into the subscription side of things and, you know, reminders and, you know, making sure notifications are going out on time because there's a lot of management that goes with uh, both club and subscription for wineries, making sure that, you know, if customers want to change, right? I want to, you're going to send me these three bottles. I need to change. I want to change it to this. So there's some elements in there of notification and making sure, but there's also opportunity to upsell, right? Whenever you send out an email, when it comes to the subscription side or the club side of things, one, we want to make sure they don't leave the club. One, we also want to make sure they don't, you know, leave the subscription. If they are adamant that they need to, maybe it's a pausing, you know, maybe you pause it, but if you're still in it and you love it, if you get an email that talks about your subscription is, you know, ready to go, but you also see some uh, additional information about other wines, maybe new wines that they've released. This is, this, this, this email is a great place to upsell and, you know, really uh, get consumers to try things that they've never tried before. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point you bring up. And what do you think? What are the main elements creating or mimicking a great offline experience online for wineries? So considering there is already a barrier to give your birthdays or on the website, but after that, if you jump this uh, obstacle, how crucial is a, is a website design and a user experience in the success of a, of a D2C wine brand? I think it's huge. Uh, we interviewed uh, a gentleman uh, recently from... Uh, Wineworks, uh, they do they design sites. Uh, we interviewed them because we wanted to talk about this very topic about the UX and the experience. And you know, if you look back at you know a lot of winery sites, and this is ge a generalization. This is not everybody, but if you look back at you know winery sites, you see a lot of pictures of you know beautiful landscapes, right? Oh, the vineyards, and you know it's very captivating, absolutely. But it lacks call to action. 
it lacks, you know, product. You don't see any product on there. You see this beautiful landscape. And, you know, in speaking to Wineworks and to Peter over there, uh, you know, we, we noticed that his designs for the sites that he's designing for these direct-to-consumer brands have a very e-commerce feel to them. There's product being shown. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, as human beings, no matter where, what we're going to buy, whatever site we're going to, we need to be told what to do. As a brand, when I land on your site, I would like you to tell me what you want me to click on. Do you want me to go here? Tell me, give me a call to action button. Send me to that, you know, maybe you have a, a special running on a club. Maybe you're offering these special deals. You want me to sign up? Maybe you're offering a new subscription. Maybe this is a brand new release, uh, you know, that you're putting out there. Tell me what I need to see. If I just see pictures of vineyards, I'll probably be captivated by that, but I'm not going to take action. And I think at the end of the day, we all have very limited time when we're shopping for whatever we're shopping for. I want to get straight to the purchasing experience. I personally actually like to go with wineries. I like to look at the backstory. I like to look at, you know, who the founders are, you know, where the history is, if there's generational information out there. But a lot of people don't have time for that. They want to go straight to the purchasing process. So let them do that. If they want to go look at the About Us page or look at the history, great. That you know They can find that. But more importantly, uh, wineries, you know, it's very important to pay attention to the user experience. And you know, if I was a winery and I, you know, the, if I was going to redesign my site, I would probably sit down with some of my top customers and survey them and ask them, you know, how are you utilizing the site? What, what areas are more important to you than, than other areas? Do you like to just see pictures of beautiful vineyards or do you like to get straight to the point and would like to see the latest vintage or you know the newest release of our Pinot or whatever uh, the wine is? But user experience, as, as you, you know, the, the internet has evolved, right? And we have less patience for sites that are slow. We have less patience for sites that are not focused on giving us the right information at the right time. All of these things are important. And what happens again, I always like to point to what's happening in the world of general e-commerce or, you know, the world of maybe some of the Shopify sites out there who that have, you know, hit the pinnacle of, of their success. What can we learn from them that we can bring into an industry that is really just starting to embrace direct consumer? Yeah. And the website design maybe could follow a few steps like uh, drink three bottles of wine. Yeah. Offer. Look at it. And if you could navigate all through the website, it's a good website. Yeah. Every site that I'm in, this is just because I'm, I'm in the industry. You may you may have that same experience too. Every time we're looking at a site, we try to be consumers, but we're also strategists, right? And we're always looking at something and saying, hmm, I would maybe do that better. I mean, we don't design sites anymore. This is something we used to do, but Absolutely. And it plays in, it also plays into the, from the email marketing side, where is that pop-up going to show up? Is it going to be exit intent? Is it going to be five seconds or seven seconds after the page loads? Is it going to be on the scroll? Which one, that plays into the user experience too. We don't want to annoy. We want to capture email addresses for people who are really have intent to purchase, have intent to be connected to the brand. So that's a very important component that plays into the user experience as well. Yeah. And what do you think, uh, how can D2C wine brand use personalization and segmentation to better target their audience and engage their customers. Maybe you mentioned some Peter Noir lovers or welcome flows or other. What what else? What do you think? The advancement in technology allows us to do the segmentation, right? Clavio's connection to a platform like Commerce 7, being able to see that rich, deep data that is in there. Then we can start to segment. 
you know, much easier than we could if we just walked in and said, here's a list of 30,000 people, you know, having that, uh, that opportunity to look at that. So it's really evaluating the data and starting to look at, you know, what segments matter to the business is really, what are the goals of the business? What are the goals of the winery? And from there segmenting out and, you know, maybe in the, in the beginning, we're starting out with a, a few small segments, evaluating success, testing out how well they're going to respond to a campaign or how well they're going to respond to a flow. Uh, you know, we, we, we look at that, but segmentation, yes, a absolutely crucial to just any DTC brand, but you know, specifically as we get into the winery world, because they have customers that do so many different things. Club, right? Again, I made the example, Pinot lover versus, or white wine. If this person only likes white wine and that's all they ever buy from you, I probably would say, let's not show them the Pinot, okay? Let's not show them the Zinfandel. Let's not show them these, these wines because they're more apt to purchase, uh, or at least in the top portion of the email, let's make sure we focus in on the wines they like, but maybe down at the bottom, you know, of the email, we have some related items that we can, uh, we can show them. So, you know, that's, you know, from a segmentation, but the personalization is interesting. You bring that up simple things, right? People like to hear their name, <laughs> you know, they, people like to see their name and hear their name. And especially if I'm part of a, an elite wine club, I, I want to be catered to, right? I want to be catered to, and you know, a name is one thing, but maybe understanding more things about them and capturing that data, understand, you know, knowing the birthday, you know, getting that some of that key data and uh, about them so that you can you can turn this email into an email that is for them and is addressing their needs from the product to the name. But, uh, you know, simply personalization name right away. <laughs> but then I want to get into deep personalization like product. I want to know, you know, how many orders uh, they've placed. Uh, I want to know the last time they placed an order for that particular wine, because that's going to then trigger off an automated email that will hit them, hit their inbox at the right time, you know, potentially, hopefully at the right time when they're ready to make another purchase. And what are the trends and technologies? Maybe personalization and segmentation could be also this, but other than that, should T2C wine brands adopt for their e-commerce marketing strategy to stay ahead and grow their businesses? Yeah, well, I would absolutely 100% uh, make sure that, you know, if I'm a DTC winery going DTC, I'm on one of the best, you know, best e-commerce platforms that are available. Commerce 7, there's, you know, some of the big names out there, Wine Direct, you know, there's, and there's others out there, but being on a platform is the first most important step, right? That's, that's a technological decision you make because it's not just about how this, you know, oh, I've heard this is a great uh, platform. This is what can the platform see in the data? What can it pull from the data? You know, obviously it helps with the user experience because it helps the designers build beautiful sites, but then what does it connect with? Does it connect, you know, in this, in our case, does it connect with Clavio? That's another advancement in technology. Can I plug in uh, other types of apps, you know, for upsells and cross sells? Can I plug in uh, other data points out there? Really, you know, it's, it's interesting. We, uh, we had a gentleman um, on the, sh on the show, uh, Remy Sebastiani, he uh, from Wine Pulse. Wine Pulse uh, is a data center. <laughs> it connects with all Commerce 7, Wine Direct, and a number of other ones, but it looks at all of that data. So once you have the data, 
I think then it's time to start looking at the different pieces of technology that can help. And if I was a winery, I would honestly step outside of, of the wine world and I would start to look at e-commerce in general. And I would like to see what are they doing? You know, uh, what are these cross-sells and upsells are doing? What are these personalization methodologies that they're utilizing or algorithms are using on their sites to show the right product to the right people? I mean, some of these things that Amazon's been doing for dozens and dozens of years, you know, is now very prevalent to be able to, it's very easy to use these technologies in e-commerce. But if I was a winery, I would be looking outside to see how other things are going. But, you know, I would say at the end of the day, you know, it starts with the platform. It's important to be on the right e-commerce platform. And then the second part of it is that, uh, you know, I would say be biased sounding in this situation, but if I'm on the other end of a winery and I have a very big e email list, I would immediately be looking for advanced email marketing uh, solutions uh, because I want to take that list and I want to segment it. I want to send out, you know, very personalized, very focused emails. I want my automation to, to kick in. I, I want to start generating, you know, 35% or more of my revenue from, uh, from email marketing, which is very doable. Uh, so I would start to look at all of these things, but it really starts, you know, strategy and platform. And if you had the time and energy to, to write a book or launch a course on uh, wine marketing or wine marketing for D2C wine brands, uh, what would be the title of it? What do you think? Well, I always like to use the word empire in my title, <laughs> how to start your D2C empire. But, you know, I don't necessarily know if the word empire resonates, would resonate well in the, in the uh, wine space. But if I was speaking specifically to wine, to wineries, um, this is a great question. I don't know if I have a specific answer in here, but it definitely would include the word direct consumer because I know that's a that's a hot button for you know all wineries. I would want to convey that, you know, figuring out a way to get more from less work, right? Because technology is our friend. Technology is what we, you know, we can utilize technology in so many different ways. My course would really focus a lot on the technological advances out in general e-commerce and how to adopt those and bring those in while still keeping the integrity, you know, uh, wineries again very much, you know, about the heritage, uh, very much about, and we don't, we're not saying that doesn't matter. We're absolutely saying those, those, those things matter, but I really want to make sure, uh, especially the young, the young generation that's, you know, starting, it, it is a, there's a New York times article, um, that came out a couple of months ago and it said, wine has a old people problem. <laughs> it was a funny, catchy title, but the point of that article was that wine is very coveted. You know, it's it's almost an investment, right, for many people. However, millennials are, you know, the, the newer generation, they don't think like that. They think like, all right, it's consumption. It's fun. Let's, you know, let's do something. Let's go out to this winery and all you know, do it, we'll get a bus and, or get a van and somebody will drive us. So we, we don't get in trouble and we stay, you know, driver sober. And we're just going to go to these wineries and take sips and sit and have a picnic. And that's a different experience, right? That's a different, that's a different audience. So I would, you know, really talk to, you know, this course would really be about not just email marketing, it would be about other strategies and tactics that would help um, wineries better reach that younger customer because that younger customer is going to be older one day and they're going to continue to buy from you. Yeah, yeah. Wine could be addictive. <laughs> and last but not least, I want to give some seeds and nutrition for D2C brands to grow. So I will have four quick questions and I want some answers from you. Uh, the first is, what books or course or influencers would you recommend to read or follow for a D2C brand? Okay, well, I definitely would, uh, much like many people out there, Gary V is, you know, top of the list, I think. You know, one, also he understands the wine business and you know he's a thought leader both on wine social media and what i love <laughs> i love because he he talks about getting in front of the camera get over and get in front of the camera and and talk right and this is interesting because we talk about you know, uh, you know one idea also for wineries video right get on camera 
you know, one, you know, show, show the winemaking process, show what went into it. Don't give away any trade secrets, you know, talk about that. But yeah, Gary Vee is very good about that. I follow, you know, Alex Hormozzi uh, out there. You know, he's a little more on the entrepreneurial side of things. You know, maybe some of the things that he's saying aren't necessarily completely 100% relevant to a company, but you can always garner this, these pieces of information uh, from these. And I think that anybody out there who's a thought leader on the newer movements, right? Video, social media, those are very important people uh, to follow and break the mold, step outside your industry. Because I, th I feel probably, you know, there's a lot of also thought leaders in the world of wineries and it's great. And, you know, very, in fact, uh, we have a, one of our clients, he's a thought leader in the space. And I love what, following him on, on LinkedIn and, uh, uh, you know, really from Sug Winery, uh, Dave Moore, and he is, you know, he speaks about direct consumer. He talks about e-commerce in the wine space. I like following him. And, uh, you know, I think that anybody who's willing to start breaking the mold, thinking differently, those are the thought leaders that uh, wineries should be looking at to see what other people are doing out there uh, in the space. But uh, yeah, I love thought leaders. There's so many of them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The second is, what is the biggest mistake that D2C brands could make? The single biggest one. Not focusing on retention. You know, I think uh, acquisition is, you know, where everybody puts their mind right away, you know, and, and, and should, because we need to drive traffic to the, you know, through the top of the funnel, we need to do paid ads, we need to do all these things. But what, what we find, and this isn't specific, you know, to wineries, this is, you know, across the board, that retention is forgotten about. And I know there's a big movement now in retention. And obviously, in the the world we live in and email marketing and SMS marketing, um, that's a retention uh, focused uh, strategy. But uh, it, it's something like the internet has grown up, right? E-commerce has grown up. We've, we've worked so hard over the years to bring people, 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 and our acquisition costs have gone way up. Right, uh, and the more people that are, you know driving in there, Google's raising the prices, you know, Meta, etc. So these. While they're still important, if we don't focus on retention, we have no way of reducing our, our acquisition costs at the end of the day. And then we're losing out on all these people who are coming to us that we're spending all this money to bring them to the site. And we have not, we've done nothing to capture them. We've done nothing to nurture them. We've done nothing to help close the deal and then make, turn them into a repeat customer. That customer journey needs to just keep going like this. There's very few brands where it doesn't do that. Like if you look at the wedding industry and we used to do a lot of work, it's high on acquisition costs, lower on retention because, well, weddings, you know, theoretically only happen once, you know, that's not always the case, but uh, in general, you know, that's that business model, but other business models where you expect repeat purchases, how do you expect to get them unless you're retaining that customer and nurturing? So I think those two go hand in hand in terms of missed opportunities, but people are embracing that. People understand it now. They, they really, and they're jumping to it and wanting that retention, those retention strategies. Yeah, I hope so. So uh, the third is, could you tell me your quick growth tip related to D2C brands or, or wine brands that they could apply maybe tomorrow? You know, it's funny. I, I also do, uh, I advise a lot of businesses outside of what I do for SKU agency. I advise businesses on uh, small businesses on getting you know up and running and everybody still wants the magic you know what's the magic how do you yes it's quick how do you how do you make it happen right i like to always say you know that one build it and they will not come unfortunately these days right because you just put up a, a site build up a brand and this could go for any maybe there's some big brands out there that have been primarily doing in-person sales and now all of a sudden they're really putting their their focus and and they believe me i work with and talk to many brands that are in the hundreds of millions of dollars that are just embracing e-commerce now for the first time. It's amazing. But I think there is no quick uh, scenario. If I had capital, you know, I'm coming in with a strong acquisition strategy. I'm first, I'm going to figure out my buyer persona.
persona right away. First and foremost, that that is something that will resonate across the entire brand. I want to know exactly who the buyer persona personas are. Once I know that, I'm going to know where to target them, you know, which ad vehicles in Google. Am I going to focus on SEO or am I going to focus my attention on video? Maybe video, maybe YouTube becomes my place of acquisition because uh, my brand and the products I work on are they're perfect for, for video. So first acquisition strategy, but immediately I'm putting that retention strategy in place because it's funny, a lot of people think also, well, I'll just keep getting the customers and then later I'll worry about capturing them in a capture form, right? And you know, I, I know obviously we are partners with Optimunk and we love, here, here's what we love. We love being able to, it's one of those things where some people say, ah, oh, the pop-up, you know, it just pops up. And no, there's a very strategic way of doing it, right? Certain people get it from certain places, maybe depending on where they're coming from, they're just getting served up different information. That's the beginning, in my opinion, of the retention strategy, if you can get them. If I have a physical location, then I'm also working in uh, retention in there. Maybe I have QR codes set up throughout the store with tent, you know, sign up and get, you know, 15% off your first online order because I want to work online and my in-person, you know, side by side. I want to help, you know, they should foster each other, they should help each other. Uh, grow. But yeah, I'm spending my money on acquisition early days. I'm working on, on retention. I'm putting out good content regularly. I feel like, you know, we joke we're all podcasters, you know, content creators, but e-commerce brands should be content creators too. Uh, you know, they should be out there talking. I mean, what's the difference between uh, the old days of here in the United States, and I don't know if they have it, uh, where you are uh, QVC and television shopping channels where people just go on and talk. What's the difference? Do your own on your own, on your own website. Do a live show and and sell product. And a lot of small businesses we talked to are using live live shopping. It became it kind of rolled out of the pandemic and now has become very important. So there's a lot of different things, but I would say um, don't expect immediate results. Focus, test, be ready to test because it's never going to work. You know, 100% perfect the first time. If it does, call me because I want to know what you did, uh, and then I'm going to put that into my my book too. Um, and, and do it so <laughs> great and the last question is what tools would you use as a DTC brand for growth you mentioned already Optimonk and Clavio but other than that I would probably also use some competitor analysis tools SpyFu uh, SEMrush how do you know where you're going if you don't know where your competitors are going not that you need to copy them I think looking and, and monitoring your competition what are they doing from, from a marketing standpoint what are they doing from a pricing standpoint but it's easy also you know we have a client uh, he made a very good point he said I looked at my competitors in the early days, I know who they are. I don't follow them anymore because I don't want to get distracted by what they do. And I think there's some merit in that. But I think at the end of the day, I want to use some tools to just keep an eye on what's going on. But you know, yes, Clavio, Optimunk, 100%. Uh, and we use it on our own site. You know, we're because we're, we serve up <laughs> we serve up different pop-ups. By the way, for di depending on you know if you're coming to us and you're a normal, just general e-commerce brand, we're serving up a different type of pop-up. Obviously, if you're a wine company, you know, winery, we're talking about a different kind of pop-up. And that technology is readily available. I mean, just go ahead. You can build it out. It doesn't take too much work uh, to do it out there. Uh, but making sure that, yes, competition is important. You know, maybe there's some tools around, you know, if I'm a smaller business, you know, I may, and I don't want to hire an agency, maybe there's some tools around to manage my paid advertising uh, to make sure I'm in line with, with, with budget. And I'll, I'll throw this in, and I feel like every podcast is talking, you know, AI, I think from a content 
brand standpoint is definitely something to keep an eye on, right? You know, it helps move us along. I definitely am not a proponent that people should be using AI to uh, just craft the content and that's it. They don't even tweak it. They don't do anything to it. I think you have to come into it with an open view that maybe AI is getting you 60% of the way there and then you can take it from there and put your own brand's personality into the mix because if you don't, people can read that, right? I mean, how many things have you read? I'm sure lately you're like, that doesn't seem like it's a human being talking. This seems like it's, this is a bot, you know, that, that did it. So put your attention, but yeah, there's no, there's no fast answer to this. You have to be in it for the long haul and you have to be ready to experiment, try different tools. I probably also use some personalization tools on my, on a site too. I would absolutely recommend upsell, cross-sell, showing people the right product at the right time. That's a key component to successful e-commerce. And then make sure you have that, you have the mechanisms in place to reduce abandoned cart. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%, because that still sits at around 70%, whether it's email marketing or it's maybe one SMS message that can that go out, whatever it is, you make sure and then get them to come back. Keep getting them to come back. Turn them into that, uh, increase your lifetime. If you can increase AOV, right? And, and your LTV, your lifetime value, that's a successful, that's a signs of success for a, a brand. It is, it is. And it was a good closing sentence. And uh, thanks, Ramin, for accepting my call and giving this tremendous amount of value for the listeners. I appreciate it. My pleasure coming on. And don't forget to try these tips today. For more seeds and nutrition, stay tuned for the next episode.